Hey there, Rachel Wilson here, your pediatric sleep consultant. Welcome to my bite-sized podcast to help guide, inform, and help you deal with your child's sleep from newborn to four years old. Sleep strategies, interviews, and informed information to give you the confidence to help your child form happy and healthy sleep habits and parenting skills for yourself. Let's get into it. Welcome everyone to this week's podcast. Now I am super excited to be talking to the vibrant Missy Yandao from Slumber and Bloom. Missy is a very experienced certified pediatric sleep consultant and potty training consultant. She has an immense knowledge on these subjects and today I will be asking her all about potty training, the questions on everyone's lips like when is the best time to start, the signs, how to do it and more like what if it all goes wrong. So are you ready to talk potty? Let's get into it. All right. (laughs) Hello, Rachel. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So Missy from Slumber and Bloom. Uh, you are a pediatric sleep consultant and a potty training consultant as well. Would you like to just yeah. introduce yourself? Tell us a bit about you and exactly what you do. So as Rachel said, I'm a sleep consultant. So you kind of get the gist of what I do there. And then as a potty training consultant, I have a potty training course for that initial potty training and ditching those diapers. And also I work one-on-one with families who may be struggling. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and a messy fun as well. It definitely is. But I love to, like, I actually call my course the potty party because I like to take the stress out of the situation because so many parents are stressed out about potty training and it doesn't need to be that way. So it's a potty party. It's fun. It's a great time with your kid. (laughs) So many people get really nervous about it and worried about it. So hopefully this podcast will help ease people and keep people sort of feeling a bit more relaxed about the whole situation and I've I've potty trained a few children myself since you know in my nannying years of 20 of them um I did it a few times and I can't I can quite safely say it's not something that I particularly enjoyed um and children (laughs) were of all ages which we will get to at some point during this podcast Mm -hmm. as well so um it'll be interesting to hear your take on it as a professional um, and see um, see what you've got to say about it. And hopefully we will help some parents and carers out there who are listening. Yes. So what are the first signs we would be looking for to see if our child is ready to potty train? Would you say there's an age? Are there other signs? What, what would you say we would look for? Yeah. So I am not as huge into age as some others. Maybe I like to kind of see the signs of readiness, like physically from the kids. Do they know, like, are they aware of their bodily functions? Do they know when they're wet? Do they know when they've pooped? Are they asking to be changed? Um, Are they bringing you a diaper? Are they looking for a poop corner for some privacy? Can they get dressed and navigate their clothes on their own? Like all those things are huge factors in being actually ready for potty training. And then age is just kind of the icing on top of the cake. So they could be 18 months old when all of those things happen, or they could be three and a half years old when those things happen. And it really is just dependent on each individual child. Um, And then of course, like if they're holding their urine longer, like if their diaper is staying dry for around two hours is generally like the timeline there, Um, you know, give or take. But once they're kind of staying dry a little bit longer, then you definitely know that they're ready to, you know, hold the pee until they get to the toilet. Mm 
Okay. You said something interesting there I hadn't thought of before is um, are they able to get themselves dressed? And why would oh, you yeah. why would you say that's something important to look for? So obviously, like when kids go to the bathroom, they have to pull their pants down or as we say, push their pants down. And if they can't do that themselves, then either, you know, either you have to be completely 100% on top of their potty cues, which you may Mm not see when they are wearing clothes, or they may not get to the bathroom in time if they, you know, are struggling to get their pants down. So it's really important for them to be able to be at least like 50% independent on that and then be able to call for help if they need it. Mm -hmm. Um, But especially like if they're in a preschool situation where, you know, they may have two teachers and 16 kids where the teacher may not be able to step away as, you know, like as the child needs them in the bathroom. Um, If they have like a bathroom in the classroom and the kids just kind of go when they need to, it's so much better for them to be able to be independent in that aspect. Okay. So it's, it's really, you know, a real sort of independence thing. So a child might yeah. be able to tell you that they need to go to the bathroom, but yeah. they're just not showing any signs of, you know, pulling their pants up and down, uh, putting on their socks, their jeans, whatever they're wearing. So that's mm-hmm. something that you'd really encourage to sort of move on with and get that going before you really start the potty training. Yeah. Oh, and I always say, it's funny you say jeans. Jeans are a big no-no for me. Why? (laughs) Because think about like, I mean, if they're like the elastic waistband jeans, then fine. But if they're like your typical jeans with buttons and zippers, maybe, oh my gosh, I had... So I guess like backstory, when I was a teacher, I worked in a preschool classroom where our primary focus was potty training. It was in between, like they're a little bit too advanced for like the little toddler room, but they weren't quite potty trained and ready for a more intense preschool experience. So our main focus was potty training. And the kids that were coming in with like fancy belts and Uh, tights and like all those things that just like make it harder for them it just, it makes the process harder and more frustrating for kids. So I'm like, elastic waistband, or how do I say that? Elastic waistband, please. (laughs) Yeah, for the small ones. And certainly for me, I'm all about elastic waistline for me now these days as well. Of course. (laughs) Adult's best friend. (laughs) Exactly. So you're saying between 18 months and about three and a half years, would you or have you ever heard of potty training from birth? I've heard of a handful of parents that have done this. Is that even possible? It is definitely a thing for parents. Um, it's called elimination communication. So they will put the baby on the toilet, like seriously from birth at typical like toileting times. So like when they get up in the morning, they'll sit on the toilet, Mm -hmm. like after meals, before getting ready for bed or naps or whatever it might be. Um, It's not something that I practice. So I mean, like, obviously, I'm a huge proponent for independence. So the less independent your child is, the more it's like a task on the parent. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like, I mean, especially if you have more than one kid, if you can rock it, go ahead and do it. But it is not my cup of tea. It, it sure sounds hard. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, if we've got the timing right, what gear do we need? What do we need? We're going to start potty training. What do we need? How do we prepare? Yeah. We- so this, it's actually like a huge part of my course where I 
want the child involved. So take your kid to the store with you and let them pick out the potty seat that they want. And I know we were going to talk about like the potty, like the freestanding small potty seat or as you call it, the loo. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Yeah. It's honestly like it's a preference for the child at first. And I know a lot of parents might struggle with that because they have ideas of what they want in their house, like rightfully so. But at the same time, if you're trying to teach your child a big new skill, they're more likely to be interested in being successful if they're making their own big kid choices. So I always tell my clients to, you know, let your kid pick the seat that they want. And, you know, you can always work towards using the big Lou when they're a little bit bigger. Okay, then. So, you know, would you say there's, I suppose, would you say that you need to go out and sort of get, I mean, I've seen these potties that have got little flushes on them and they, you know, light up and do fancy things. And they've got a new roll holder. You know, (laughs) if a a child is, you know, going towards that one in the shop, is that okay to get? If that's what they're choosing, is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely okay. It's not anything where like a parent would be like, you know, if they're going shopping on their own and, you know, they're just not really aware that a child might do better if they're picking their own potty and they're like, I'm going to surprise with all these things. It's not, it's not going to make or break potty training. And honestly, like if there's a child who has some sensory overload issues or just like any, like any fears of loud noises or flashing lights, like it's not even remotely necessary so I mean yeah like if it excites a kid then go for it but if they don't really care for it don't spend the extra money yeah okay and what about car seats and buggies do we need to protect that when we're going out oh baby yes (laughs) (laughs) um what would you recommend just using like um like a pedal pad yeah yeah I always say to get a pedal pad uh back in my day before I even knew what a pedal pad was I seriously put plastic bags on the car seat. So, I mean, you can definitely get creative, but a pedal pad is definitely a lot easier to clean up than a plastic bag of pee. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what about, can you, is it possible, do you recommend skipping the potty entirely and going straight to the toilet, the loo? No, not necessarily. I mean, I did with my kids because that was just like what we did. Mm -hmm. But um, if a child is, too scared of the big toilet, then they definitely can use a smaller one. And I've had some clients and I laugh just like thinking about this, but they like the kids were so small, like they were the smallest little 18 month old twins and they physically could not sit on the big toilet because they were so small Mm. that even like the potty training insert that you can put on top of the toilet was too big for them and they were falling through. So obviously like if you know that your kid has fears of a large toilet or they're just very petite, then go for the smaller one. Okay. And this is something that, you know, a lot of children get the fears, don't they? They, They're happy to use that potty, but they, you know, it comes to bath time and the potty's downstairs in the living room and you've got the bath ready and it's the end of the day and like, okay, let's just sit on the loo tonight before we get in the bath and the child has a complete meltdown Mm -hmm. and there's total fear. How do you handle that? So I guess it kind of depends on how the parent is potty training. If they're just kind of passively introducing the potty and it's not like 
you know, they're not ditching the diapers completely and going with that kind of bottomless method, then I would say like if they're afraid or if they say no, then just say okay and move on with it. If they are completely like ditching diapers and it's not, you know, an option not to go to the bathroom, then I would even just encourage them with any means of encouragement to just kind of sit for a few minutes and um, see if they can get anything out. And if they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. Okay, then. And so when it comes to the, you know, once you've got all the gear, um, do you prepare the child for, you know, like in three nights time, we're going to start potty training, two nights, tomorrow we're going to start potty training. And then once you're, you know, the day has gone, day one, do you recommend to stay in the house? You know, let's COVID lockdown all over again. Yeah. Let's stay in the house, lockdown for two weeks and nail it um, and not go anywhere, not have any friends over. Mm-hmm. Or do you stay from it? Oh, you do. Okay. So no, don't go I, I definitely, um, no, not for like the first two or three days at least. Um I feel like there was a part one to this question. <laughs> one, do you do you warn the child first? Do you say right? Okay, oh yes, three yes, sleeps yes. time. Yes. We're going to do it like a countdown. Yes, I I like to actually encourage parents to make a countdown chain with their child because any kind of visual system that they can put in place is going to help their child understand. Because up it's until like it's like sleep, yeah, isn't it? It is, and up until around like kindergarten, first grade, depending on how old, you know, your kids are. So like around six, seven years old is when your child actually has a legitimate grasp on time and like what is a day. Um, It's funny, like my five-year-old is still like, how many hours, how many seconds in a minute, how many hours in a month? Like all these like random questions, like they don't really comprehend. Like you can tell them as much as you want, like three days, three days until this happens. Um, and a lot of people will say like three more sleeps, but like, what if your kid's taking a nap? It's going to be six more sleeps. Yeah, <laughs> you know? this is true. Yeah. So yeah, so having like a visual system like that is going to help them really understand. And then you just tell them like, when we are all done with the countdown chain, you are all done with diapers. Yeah. Okay, then. And then you recommend just to stay in the house lockdown for a couple of days and then start maybe yeah. introduce like a little trip to the park or something like that. Yes. For sure. So I definitely do like the first few days at home for a couple reasons. So you want your child to start learning their own potty cues and you also have to learn your child's potty cues so that if you are out and about, you know, you're at the park or the library or wherever you are, if you see your child doing like, you know, their little wiggle or whatever they do when they need to go to the bathroom, you know that sign. Um, And also, you know, just giving them a couple days of no stimulation other than just like what you're doing at home is going to help them catch on to the process faster. Okay, then. And then, you know, a little trip out here and there. And would you say that it's okay to go and have a play date at someone else's house? Yeah. And I actually, I encourage that, like visiting a family member or going to a friend's house and making sure that you have routines set in stone that And like from day one of potty training, before you leave the house, you go to the bathroom. When you arrive somewhere, you go to the bathroom. Before you, you know, you're leaving your destination and you're trying to go back home, go to the bathroom. Any like public stores, restaurants, anything like that, when you get there, show your child the bathroom. Whether they 
fit and pee or poop or not, it's it doesn't really matter as long as they're familiar with that bathroom because it's going to be different. Even if it's, you know, a family or friend's house, it's not their house. So yeah. it's important to at least like introduce them to something new. Yeah. And I guess you touched upon like if you go to the store, show them where the bathroom is because nine times out of the 10 at the supermarket, there's always a, you know, a customer loo that you can go to. So there is. go there and show the child so they, they know that there's a loo there and then it's safe and it's okay to go there because, yeah. you know, as an adult, we go somewhere like, oh gosh, I need to go to the bathroom. Is there a loo here? I don't know. So we sort of think, oh, well, we'll just carry on and wait and wait and wait until we get home yeah. or something. So uh-huh. I guess it's good for the child to know that, that, yes, there is a loo here and it's just normal and that's, yeah. that's okay and it's safe. Yeah. And a lot of times too, like if you're in a bathroom where there's a lot of stalls and you're showing your child, they will want to look in every stall. It's just, it's what toddlers do and it's totally fine. And if they want to explore and they don't want to sit and try, that's fine. Just, you know, have patience and expect that this is a totally new thing to them. And yeah, they're going to want to check out like, does this one have a toilet? Does this one have toilet paper? Like, does this one flush? Like, how does that all work? So, And this one's really dirty and smelly, mommy. Don't want to go here. (laughs) So we're not going near that one. (laughs) So it's not too distracting then to go out, have a play date, go to the park, see a friend within the first couple of weeks. You so you're really for the sort of encouraging going out. So the child yeah. also gets used to yeah. you know, being distracted as it were, but learning also that we can yep. go to the bathroom yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. And like in the real world, most parents don't have you know, weeks and weeks to be home to work on something. So that's why like really making sure the child is truly ready and parents aren't just trying to potty train on their own timeline Mm -hmm. is so important because once your child is actually fully ready, it is a very quick, easy, fast process. What happens with daycare? Because in my experience, some daycare places, nurseries, certainly in Mm -hmm. the UK, um, and yeah. they had different approaches to it. So the one that my son went to, for mm-hmm. example, because I asked them, um, you know, what is your approach on potty training? And they said, well, we just follow the parents lead. However they do it, we will follow. Whereas other nurseries and daycare centers have been very much, well, we're all for the pull-ups. So we won't go straight to pants. We'll just put your yeah. child into pull-ups my personal experience is I never really liked the pull-ups because I found they were a little bit too chunky, a little bit like the nappy and confused mm-hmm. the child. But yeah. that was just my experience. What's your take on it and daycare? Um, it is so tough because some daycares are, you know, so flexible about it. And others will even have like an accident allowance where they'll say like, they can come in underwear, but if they have more than two accidents, we're putting them back in a pull-up. Mm-hmm. Um I, it's definitely a struggle. And some will say like, your kid can't be in this class unless they're potty trained. So then, I mean, I have one client right now whose poor little child is the oldest in his class because he's not fully potty trained and they won't move him up. So it just, it becomes difficult because is that child really ready? And I've had parents want to switch daycares and who have switched daycares because of their potty training policies. Because if they're putting unrealistic expectations on these kids, it's just not fair to the child. Um, But I mean, most places I will say have been really great. Um, It just like, it really depends on 
each individual daycare center. Mm. It seems such a shame that some, you know, the parents have to change change daycare setting because of this potty training situation and you know from the daycare setting I guess they have you know 10 15 children in a class however big it is and if they're all running around with pants on and they're you know running around mopping up little puddles everywhere it's tricky but equally you know the child is you know should be at the center Yeah. yeah not ready and should be at the center of that you know situation yeah so Okay, so what about when we do go out? Is there any special gear that we need when we go out, like a portable potty? Is there any sort of product that you recommend? What should we take with us? Yeah, I mean, always bring extra clothes. And I mean that for the child and the parent. So I will never stop telling the story of the time my daughter peed on my brother because <laughs> she was she was like just barely potty trained and we went on a road trip and he was holding her and she just said I gotta pee and she peed on him and he didn't have extra clothes with him so I mean that happened so always bring extra clothes for grown-ups as well but you know bring extra underwear socks shoes all those things shoes because, yeah you never think yeah. about shoes mm-hmm. accidents are going to happen so just expecting those things is important and then um, also like if you want to have a travel potty seat you can definitely do that and that's kind of a perk to having one of those small seats in your house like where um you know they pee in it and then you dump it out because then like they are they're used to it and you can bring that in the back of your car if you want to like we have a minivan so I'm like you gotta pee let like let's go pee here before we go out on the park because there's no there's no toilet here Mm -hmm. um so something like that and honestly like I have had like my fair share of days where we've just used a red solo cup or just like a plastic cup to pee in because that's all there is. And there's get, nothing wrong with that. No, exactly. When you got to go, you got to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and so many times like the newly potty trained kids, like, and I'm saying like, even like a couple months of potty training, they may not have the muscle strength to hold it longer than when they say I need to pee. It means they I need, need to, to pee go right now. So like you don't have time to set up some fancy schmancy toilet. Like just give the kid a cup and pee in it. <laughs> oh, find the nearest tree and go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they don't care. They, they, they're at an age where they just, they don't get that. Yeah, whole... no shame. Pri- yeah. Exactly. No shame. Privacy, what is that? Yeah, Not, what yeah is and that? especially, yeah. Like if you're like just with your family in the car or wherever, like, there's no reason for them to feel any kind of shame. So just encouraging them to let it out when they need to let it out and not yeah. be all over the seat. <laughs> and, and stay away from that shame because as soon as yeah. you, you, you're, you, you show any sort of embarrassment or shame or, you know, we're at the park, you can't, you can't pee here, everyone's looking, then that's going to give the child some sort of complex and nervousness about the whole yeah. situation, isn't it? And that's when issues are going to start arising. Oh, Yeah. For sure. So what happens, you know, we often hear, um, you know, children will master the wee first, but not the poop. Why is that? Is that your experience? Yeah, it is. It's very, very, very common. And it's because poop is more like it's more of a solid. So when kids actually are like seeing it 
sitting in the toilet, they're kind of like, oh, I lost a part of myself and they don't really understand like that's natural waste. So it kind of, it's a little more nerve wracking to them. They have to like put more effort into pushing it out. And it just, it can, it can be scary for them. And it's not as easy to poop as it is to pee. So sometimes they get nervous about it. And then if they hold it, then the poop's going to get harder and it can turn into a constipation issue. And it can, it can just turn into a whole situation of constipation and painful poops. And then it just becomes a vicious cycle of wanting to hold it because it hurts to come out. But as like the longer they hold it, the harder it's going to be. So Mm -hmm. it just, it patience and it takes a lot of explanation and showing them and modeling and being like making it normal that everyone poops. And, you know, if you have to show your kids your poop, you show your kids your poop and you let them flush it for you. Yeah, exactly. And everybody poops. So normalize it. Yeah, totally. So one of the questions that, um, a parent sent in was to how how to help those children who do hold their poop in for days because it has been known you know this particular parent was saying um that her daughter who's two and a half approaching Mm -hmm. three was holding it for four days at a time yeah so so do you recommend definitely oh go ahead no, she was asking, do, do, do you recommend laxatives? Is it, you know, do you need to get the doctor involved, the pediatrician? You know, what, what's your recommendation? So after, if it's been seven days, then I say you need to go to the pediatrician. Anything before that, natural drinks are going to be your best friend. Um, and I mean things like apple juice, pear juice, prune juice, smoothies that are like, I have a recipe for poop smoothies. I should share it with you. I have to find it, but like poop smoothies are amazing. Sounds delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Or even like poop, I call them poopsicles. So like they're poop popsicles where you're just putting in a bunch of ingredients that are going to help like keep it soft. I do not like laxatives. I don't know. Like, do you guys have Miralax over there? No, not that I know of. Yeah, Miralax is a laxative over here that a lot of pediatricians will recommend, but I stay away from it as much as possible because once kids have to start taking it, they can't just stop. So it just, it becomes a cycle of having to take this and Miralax is made for adults and pediatricians are recommending it in adult doses. And I'm not saying like every pediatrician, but- you know, I like, I hate to make the generalization and have people be like, well, pediatricians are great. Yeah, they are. But (laughs) when it comes to, you know, what they're recommending for our kids to put in their bodies, I just, I, as a parent felt the need because I went through this with my daughter. Um, I felt the need to really research it and it wasn't something that I wanted to be putting in her body. So I chose not to after way too long of having her on it every single day. Um, And leaning more towards like those natural juices and things that can help soften the poop more. Mm -hmm. And high fiber Um, foods. Yeah. And things like, like anything super hydrating, the more hydrated your kid is, the more hydrated their poop's going to be. And the longer they hold it, the more like dehydrated and hard their poop is going to be. So the more you're like pushing fluids, the more like their poop is going to be softer and it's going to be softer coming out. 
So definitely pushing those things is going to be better than just like throwing some laxatives at them. Um, okay. Not in the literal sense, but you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I like to avoid that stuff. And I mean, worst case scenario, if it's been a week, I would rather have parents give their kid a pediatric suppository than Miralax or something that's going through their whole digestive system because that's just going to throw off all their digestion. Okay. Yeah, I know there's certainly certainly in France and Spain here and, mm-hmm. and Sweden, they um, – they offer suppositories more than an oral good medication. Yeah. That's so good to hear. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's quite interesting. So now, of course, let's say we're, we're you know laxatives aside, everything is kind of you know on par, and we're we're getting this potty training thing. What do you recommend when they have an accident? How do you deal with that? Because, of course, there's going to be accidents, you know. Yeah. First couple of days, it's like, so you know, we So my everywhere. rule of thumb, and I. Oh, Missy, are you still there? I think I'm. Are you there? Yeah, I think I lost you for a second. Can you there hear you me? Are. Yes, I am. Yes, I can. Okay. Go for it. Uh, so accidents. Um. It is important to have your child part of the cleanup process. So immediately once they start having an accident, I will have the parent pick them up. Even if they're like still peeing, pick them up and bring them to the toilet. And just matter of fact, say pee goes in the potty. Like no shame, no like, oh, you're such a bad kid. (laughs) Like, you know, none of that. Um, Just general, oh, pee goes in the potty. Um, And trying to avoid words like it's okay because you don't want your child to think it is okay because it's not okay to be on the floor. So um, like it's okay that they had an accident, but you don't want to make your child think like it's okay to be on the floor. So like that can definitely get misconstrued depending on how your child may hear or, you know, process the it's okay. So I try and tell parents to avoid that. And then just have them help you clean it up and just say, you know, next time, let's get to the bathroom before your pee comes out and just um, very unemotional. And I always tell parents, like, it's potty training is transactional. It's, you know, like you have to pee, you pee in the toilet. End of transaction. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So a parent messaged, uh, sent a question in, would you say it's normal or should they be worried if their child is still having accidents at four years old when they were potty trained at two? No. In that case, I would say consult the pediatrician. And a lot of times when that happens, it's due to constipation. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And a lot, yeah. So sometimes even if a child is pooping every day, if they're only like letting out a little bit of poop, they can still be constipated. And if you imagine if they only poop a small, like if they poop half the amount that they need to poop every day, think of that accumulating and how much they could be constipated. And even if, you know, they are pooping a little bit every day, it could look softer on the outside and then be like, there could be layers to constipated poop. I know it probably sounds so strange to talk about, but um, if that does, like, if also important to note too about accidents happening like after being potty trained it is usually constipation but it's also important to 
note if that child is going through major life changes. Are they moving? Are they having a baby? Are they starting a new preschool? Um, you know, did they transition to a toddler bed? Anything that is a major emotional life change can definitely cause a potty training regression. Okay. All right then. So yeah, I mean, it's, you know, if there's any of those sort of major things going on, even though you're seeing the signs, you know, the child is able to get themselves dressed and undress themselves. They're asking to go to the bathroom. They're, you're seeing all these signs that they're ready to potty train, but you know, you're moving house or they're about to start nursery next week. Would you say, wait yes until 100 percent. yeah this, wait this thing has happened this major life-changing thing has yeah. happened and they've got that settled to then start you know gung-ho yeah. full-on with the whole potty training thing yeah absolutely yeah one change at a time yeah and um, what about star charts and rewards is that something you you recommend you would sort of say yeah okay you, you wee on the potty you can mm-hmm. have a sticker or, yeah. you know, I know chocolate, sweeties and things like that is is often used as well. Is that something yeah. that you would recommend? I am a huge fan of rewards in the form of like sticker charts and a prize bin. I do not love associating treats with going to the bathroom. Um, it just like food and toileting doesn't go well together. <laughs> so I try to avoid that. And I also like... I mean, I guess it just comes down to a healthy relationship with food. You don't Mm -hmm. really want a child to grow up thinking, if I do this, I'm rewarded with food, because that's how we turn into adults who eat our feelings. (laughs) (laughs) I laugh, but like, it's a, yeah, yeah, like it's a real thing. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. Absolutely. Okay, then. And now how long should parents keep trying with the potty training before parking the idea and maybe trying later? So let's say they've been, you know, potty training for two weeks and still they're, you know, haven't made that much progress from day one. Would you say keep going or park this idea and try again? And when do they try it? So generally I say keep at it, but with, I mean, it depends on how they're doing it. If they're, you know, using my course and I know exactly what they're doing, then I say keep at it for at least a week because generally, so my, my process is broken down into three different phases, preparing, doing it and, you know, fine tuning it. So if they're in phase two and they're like doing it and there's just high emotions, a lot of struggle, and it's just more stress than it is, you know, joy or happiness, then it's not worth it. Your kid's not going to go to college in diapers. No. So it's just like, it's not, it's not like the end all be all. I do. I like to say like, once you commit to the process, stick with it. So I say like, once they ditch the diapers, like don't go back. But if it's, you know, if it's detrimental and your kid is just like struggling and you're struggling and it's just not a good fit for your family at that time, absolutely take a break. And I like to have parents take a break for about a month and then reset. Okay. So it's actually quite a short amount of time. I remember when I did, Leo was super easy and he got it in a few days and Chloe and I started training that first week of the lockdown when the whole world closed down yeah. basically it's like mm-hmm. right okay this is gonna be great yeah. we're in lockdown we're gonna nail this potty training thing and after two days it's like 
oh my gosh, when are they going back to school and can I put her back in nappies? This is not fun at all. And everyone around me was just saying, no, keep at it, keep at it. You know this is going to take time. And within sort of a week, 10 days, it was, you know, she was was done. She was all good. She was good. Good. Yeah. What about twins and multiples? Would you, would you, you know, recommend to do them all at the same time? I mean, that sounds like the best thing to do rather than doing (laughs) one and then next. Yeah. Um, it definitely depends. Um, I wish I had like a more concrete answer for this, but some, most twins and multiples will feed off of each other and encourage each other. And it is a good idea to do them both at the same time, both or all, I guess, if you have, my gosh, if you're blessed with triplets or more, God bless you. But (laughs) I can't imagine potty training like two kids at a time, let alone three or more. Um, that's a lot of pee, but, um, yeah, if you can potty train them at the same time, go ahead. I actually have someone who just bought my course who has twins who decided to do one before the other, because that's just the relationship that the twins have. Like the, like everything that they've done, the one twin has kind of like met her milestones, I guess you could say before the other. And she was ready and she didn't want to continue holding her back. So she potty trained the one twin first. And then when the other twin showed interest and in that she was more ready for it, then she kind of joined in the process. So it just depends on the kids and the family. And I guess it, it can work both ways because if you're doing one yeah. at a time, then the other child is going to be watching and learning. So it could actually work in favor at the same time. It could, like, oh, yeah, you know, it could you know, without actually doing it, they're just in the background watching and learning like children do that they're, you know, they're watching and learning in the background and they're, you know, they're like sponges. They're soaking up everything as long as it's not the we, but they're soaking up all this information around them. I'm watching. Yeah. So it might even be easier. Yeah. Like if they do one at a time, it may be easier for who's not potty training first to just watch everything and take Mm -hmm. it all in. And then, you know, and then once they're at that point where they're ready, it might just be like, oh, well, my big sibling already did this. So I already know what they did. I'm good. Okay, cool. Now, what about yeah. nights? Nights. Now, I, again, would have always sort of had the um, experience that nights take a little bit longer. And, oh, yeah. you know, it's it's not something that necessarily comes at the same time as the days. You know, I had a mom, she asked a question Um, child is four years old has been potty trained for 16 months and still no signs of being dry at night totally fine and totally normal okay um yeah so every child is different I I, like it's it sounds a lot like sleep training right so every child is different (laughs) and you know no two kids journey is going to be exactly the same so my rule of thumb with nighttime potty training is that when they're staying dry three to four nights a week and they're waking up in the morning with a dry diaper, then you know that they're ready. And um, in that case, the nighttime potty training generally takes about a week. So I, they definitely need the time for their bladder control to be more developed. It's definitely a physical de- developmental milestone for them. And there have been studies where kids up to eight years old could still be wetting during the night. And that's, is that okay? I mean, is that, am I allowed to say that? Is that okay? Is that a normal thing? Because 
Um, you know, I'd heard that it was six years old. You need to start going to see the, the pediatrician about this. But if it's eight years old, that's something new to me. Yeah. Well, I know here it's eight years old. I don't know if there's like other research in other countries or anything. Um, generally, like between five and six is when like the latest it generally happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely like those cases where it, there's nothing wrong with the child. They're just not there yet. Yeah. Okay. And would you recommend lifting a child? We, you know, I, I'd always lifted the child, you know, when I went to bed, lift them and put them on the loo. But then is that, you know, prompting the, the child's, mm-hmm. the, the, all those neural connections that's happening in the brain to think it's okay. I don't need to sort of wake up and take myself to the loo because yeah. I'm go- it's like a dream wee, isn't it? Like the dream feed. It's it like is. a dream wee. Yep, is, exactly. Is that- that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't do it. Um, and especially like as a sleep consultant too, I'm like, I am not going to interrupt a child's sleep cycle mm-hmm. just to have them pee on the toilet so that they don't pee in a diaper that like they've worn their entire lives. So when they're naturally able to hold it, then that's fine. And there's things that you can do instead of waking them up or, you know, just carrying them to the toilet. Um, you know, like cutting off their fluids one to two hours before bed, making sure that going to the bathroom is part of their bedtime routine. Um, you know, not leaving a full glass of water next to their bed so that they're not waking up in the night chugging a ton of water, you know, Mm -hmm. of course they can have a few sips here and there and that's not going to make a huge impact, but having a lot of water in bed before going to sleep or even in the middle of the night, not the Mm -hmm. best idea. No. Another question that came in, nighttime regressions. So child's been night dry for two and a half years. Um, No, sorry. He is two and a half years old. He was night dry for six months and then started wetting the bed at night, and it took almost two months to get back on track, but still not as great as it was when they first got night sorted. Is that something to be, you know, to be concerned about? Is there something else that they should be doing? I definitely haven't really heard Nighttime regression going backwards. Yeah, I haven't really heard of going backwards like that. Um, I would just look into anything social emotional that might be going on, like, you know, because we kind of talked about big changes. Mm-hmm. Um, are they cutting off fluids right before bed? Um, but otherwise, I would probably reach out to the pediatrician. Okay. Okay. That's an interesting If it's one. like more often, yeah, if it's more often than not, I would definitely reach out. But especially like if it was like perfect before the regression – then definitely reach out to the pediatrician or if it's something that um, is just like every once in a while, then it's just kind of that's kids and that's, you know, to be expected, especially like two and a half years old. Mm. And and would you say that's the same thing for daytime as well? So they've been great, let's say for six months, absolutely fine, no accidents. And then suddenly a regression hits, even if there's been no major changes they've just slightly regressed a little bit everything else is normal and is that something yeah is that normal to happen yeah okay then what about naps yeah so if the child is napping and you are potty training and it gets to lunchtime nap do you put them in 
a diaper, a nappy, a pull-up, whatever, whatever no. it's called, wherever you're listening in the world. What do you do at nap time? <laughs> yeah. No, they just, they, no nappies. No nappies. No diapers. It's, no. Once, once, no. They're, once they're gone, they're gone. And you're not tempted yep. just to buy any more, just get rid of them out of the mm-hmm. house. It's a bit like getting rid of the dummy, isn't it? Let's just chuck it out. So we don't have yep, that temp- temptation. Yeah. Boys and girls, obviously, mm-hmm. do we? Would you encourage boys to stand right away? Um, I don't. No. Okay. I no. I have boys sit because um, I feel kind of bad using my son as an example here. When he's older, he'll probably hate me for this, but <laughs> it's a really like good way for parents to kind of realize that like kids don't know the difference between pee and poop off the bat. Because you know, when they're newborns, like from, you know, that first minute, it's like one of the first things they do is get a diaper. Um, they, it just like all of this goes into the diaper and then it goes away. Um, so they don't necessarily know like that they're peeing. And my son, when he was potty training would tell me that he was pooping out of his penis. And I'm like, no, honey, like that's, that's pee pee. And he's like, no, And I'm like, no, it's not. So like having them like understand the difference between like what they're doing and even like what urge and sensation means what. So a kid might sit thinking they just need to pee and then they actually end up pooping when they like once they actually sit and relax. So as long as I, my kids and I like generally don't teach standing until kids are interested in standing. Um, Little boys have terrible aim, first of all. And like, I know you can get like those targets and stickers and food coloring and all the tricks. So like, if you really want to, you can. But the other thing that kind of terrifies me and shies me away from having them stand to pee off the bat is the fact that when they lift that seat, if it's not a good seat that stays up and it falls down on them, yeah. they're going to be scarred for life. life. Yeah. And, I've heard this happening. Yeah. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's not nice. It's not nice at all. It is not. So, yeah. And until, you know, they're, I want to say like between five, six, seven, around that age, they really don't like have any concept of, oh, boys stand to pee because they all, like not all boys do. So it's definitely just, and that like, it could be totally preference. That's just my preference and my way of wanting to teach. Okay. All right. Now, when we're going to the potty or the loo, do you mm-hmm. do you recommend to like sit and read some stories or put the potty in front of the TV? Are there any specific books that you yeah. would read to the child about potty training while they're on the potty? Definitely have them pick out some potty specific books that they want to read. Um, and they can play with some toys, but they should be very specific to being only potty toys and kind of like I don't recommend having them sit in front of the toilet they really need to learn that urge and understand what it means to actually have to go to the bathroom as opposed to sitting on the toilet all day long and just like oh pee came out like they need to actually make that connection of I feel this urge in my body that's telling me I need to pee I'm gonna go sit on the toilet so if if it helps them sit longer to have something to play with on the toilet, then sure. But I like to, you know, kind of keep it sanitary. And especially like if they're at daycare, their daycare provider is not going to let them bring toys into the bathroom. So 
we should probably not let them do that at home unless it's something that stays in the bathroom. So I typically recommend in my course to create a potty box with your kid and have things in there that are only for when they're sitting on the toilet. Okay, then. So no TV, no sitting in front of the TV watching favorite cartoons for half an hour or something. No, I don't sit longer than 15 minutes. And so, yeah, that was my next question. Like, would you just, do you yeah. put a time, do you put a time on this? You know, as, as we know, yeah. some boy tends to be in my household. Definitely the boys are like, are you finished it's yet? Are you, can, can we leave the house now? Is that a thing? It's just boys taking longer. Yeah. Would, you, would you put a time limit on yeah, this? Yeah, I say yeah, 15 minutes because, you know, it does not need to be an all-day thing. And, you know, kind of like I said, they need to really understand the urge of when they actually need to pee. And, I mean, as gross as it, as it is, like, the longer they sit and the longer they're actually, like, trying to push something out, the more likely it is that they could get hemorrhoids. So, not that. No, we don't. And is there any books that you would recommend for to read to the child? Um, oh gosh, I can't remember. I should have got, got it out. Um, oh gosh, I cannot yeah. remember specific um, books that everybody, you can everybody read poops, to the child. Yeah, yeah, everybody poops is a good one. Um, I actually like. I have a list of books. I believe they're on my website. I have to check. I've been like trying to switch up my um, my Amazon page on my website, and I okay. think. I have a list of books on there, but I also have videos that you can watch with your kid, just like short little YouTube videos when they're not sitting on the toilet. So, um, just like short, like there's, um, like Daniel Tiger, there's Sesame Street, there's, um, a whole bunch of different short videos that you can watch and songs you can sing. That's why I love Daniel Tiger. You can sing, um, I don't know, potty. Oh my gosh, it's so fun. Stop and go right away. Flush and wash and be on your way. Oh, brilliant. Well, well, maybe you can send me the links and I'll be able to put them in the show notes at the bottom here so so parents can can find these books and and little videos um, that you recommend would be great. So one other question. What other common potty training problems do you see and how do you recommend handling them? What do you think we've touched upon most things? I think we definitely touched on a lot, but really just like the biggest thing is just the positivity and excitement around this because the way your child learns how to potty train is going to be their learning style because they're definitely, you know, different kids are going to learn to use the potty differently. And um, it's another one of those things I can use my kids as example, my my oldest, it was like half a day of a couple accidents and he was like, oh, like it just clicked. And I just like I had to tell him like you have to put your pee in the potty. And he was like, oh, OK. And then my daughter, she's a little more feisty and she decided when she wanted to potty train and she decided that I was not allowed to help her like she wanted the privacy. So it really just like you have to listen to your child and what they want and how, you know, like, do they want privacy or do they want you there holding their hand? Um, They're all going to be different. And we really have to just kind of, to an extent, cater to how they learn and run with that, as opposed to, you know, this is exactly how we do things. Like you can have your ideas, but we still have to, you know, meet them where they are. Okay. And if they want to 
have a potty in the living room and in the kitchen would you recommend that like having potties every in every room in the house or do you just have one and you take it with you wherever you go you can definitely have more than one if you want. I wouldn't recommend doing that like forever. You don't want your kid like a month into potty training still peeing in every single room. At some point, like when they kind of have a grasp on holding it long enough to get to the toilet, I would start moving it further away from where you are or maybe just cutting down to one or two potties. Okay. Okay. Brilliant. All right, Missy, thank you so much for this. Um, You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I love it. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Can you please tell us what it is that you offer parents when it comes to your potty parties and how we find you? Yeah, so everywhere it's going to be Slumber and Bloom. So slumberandbloom.com, Instagram, Slumber and Bloom, YouTube, Slumber and Bloom, everything Lumber and Bloom. I love your YouTube um, videos. They're brilliant. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I try and have fun with them. You so totally do. My, thanks. My course is definitely something I recommend before you jump into potty training because it's going to teach you how to prepare yourself and your child before potty training, what to okay. do while you're potty training. And um, it also comes with support the first week that you're implementing the potty training plan. So you can find that on my website and I have a coupon code for you where people, if they want to use potty 25, they can get $25 off. Um, and then, I mean, if you have listeners who have been struggling and they need some one-on-one help, definitely check out my packages on my website because I would love to help. Okay. All right. And how long is the course? quick. Um, it's actually, it's relatively new. So, um, I really haven't had many people tell me how long it takes them to get through it, but I would say a couple hours and it's very like, yeah, it's all videos too. So every broken down into short, quick, like five minute or less videos, and it'll have a PDF download as well. So you can kind of follow along in the, uh, printable version. Okay, then. So you recommend doing that first and then yeah. the pot- is that separate from the potty party? So there's the potty party course and then there's potty party live where the live events are where we have group potty training and I have one scheduled for April. Okay, that's next month. Yeah. That's a month away. Okay. Yeah, you- so if anybody's – yeah. Um, if anybody's like about to hop on the potty train, um, I'm going to be starting April 18th and that's a 10 day program. So, okay. Yes. All right. Well, send me all the details and I will put it okay. in, the, in the show notes and sure. um, ready for, um, anyone who is ready to jump on the potty train. Yay. Oh, brilliant. Thank all you right. so much. Missy, thank you so much. I hope we've helped lots of um, potty warriors out there and uh, hopefully they're getting ready to feel a bit more confident about yes. potty training their children. So thank you so much for joining me. And um, yeah. You're welcome. We'll catch up with you right. very soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much. All right. Take care, Missy, and I'll speak to you soon. You too. Thanks. Okay, bye. Bye.
I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Please see the show notes for all the links mentioned and don't forget to subscribe, share, rate and review and come follow me over on Facebook and Instagram. If you have a topic you would like me to cover, drop me an email at rachel at rachelwilsonsleepconsultant.com. See you next time.